Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. It's Dennis and Lisa McEntee, and we're talking about better outcomes, how to get better personally, professionally. And today, we're talking about burnout, work-life balance, and, and why does this stuff even matter? Yeah, so... Sunday scaries. Okay. Are you, are, you, okay, are you familiar with the term? Because not really. It's not really an our generation term. Okay. <laughs> Do you see like on a comic book or something? Or no, guess... it's you okay. just you just hear it. You, you hear just hear it. it. Okay. And Sunday scary. So basically, Sunday scaries. Right. Let me lay the groundwork for you since okay, you're please. since you're not familiar with please. what a Sunday scary is. Please. Sunday scaries. It could be Monday scaries. Whatever scaries. And it's any time you've got. It's like your work week is coming up. Yep. You've had a great weekend. Something is happening in this Monday, this next week, and you're okay. kind of a little bit anxious about it. Okay, you're got a it. little freaked out. You could be totally freaked out, but you're a little bit anxious. It's called the Sunday scaries. It's like when you have overwhelm of worry type of overwhelm, exactly. And okay. the Sunday scaries is basically when you dread going into work. Okay. Or you can be on the edge of burnout from going into work or yeah. going into whatever it is. You could be a student and have Sunday scaries. Okay. And um, you're going in because something is going to be frustrating you. You know you're going into a frustrating situation. Okay. Got or it. an anxiety-inducing uh, situation. And so that's the Sunday scaries. Can I talk about every day of my life a little bit? No, that is, no that's different. Okay. That's different. Right. That's just basic stress. Okay. And, and this is a real – I'm into reality for people. Yeah. And so let, let's kind of dive into, mm -hmm. you know, these kind of ideas, Lisa. Yeah. So burnout may not actually – be what you think it is. Okay, what do you A mean? lot of times people think burnout is from just being overworked or being too busy or yeah. it's too much work. Yep. But that's not really what burnout, the, the core of burnout is. And there's a, a great podcast called Working Genius Podcast. Yep. And, and we'll, we'll put it in the show notes because yeah, we love that podcast. We love that podcast. Actually, we love the whole Working Genius program so much so that we had our entire team take the Working Genius assessment, do kind of do some team working. And then we had one of our team members get certified to be able to teach Working Genius to other companies and other groups. Yeah. So this is a shameless plug. If you want some help with Working Genius, uh, just reach back out to us. And the book is excellent. The podcast yeah, is great. Is. But they were talking just about you know burnout. It might not be yeah. what we think it is. It mm -hmm. could actually be because we're being forced to work in an area that we just – that it's not – it's a proficiency, but it's not necessarily something we're passionate about. It almost like it doesn't give you energy. It doesn't give you energy. It doesn't bring you joy. But you can do it or you just kind of plug along. And so burnout often happens when we are trying to just grit through our day okay. rather than being completely energized and fulfilled by our day. You know, because what's interesting about this whole idea of energy is that when you're doing what gives you when you're doing what gives you energy, it's like you never tire of doing it. So burnout, I think, sometimes is not necessarily about how long we're working, but it's like sometimes the type of work kind the of the task that we're doing, yeah. right? Yeah, because the lie is is that we get we get burned out um, mm -hmm. because we don't like to work hard. Yeah. But the truth is, is we don't like to work hard on the things that drain us and yeah. don't give us energy. Right. And so. Unfortunately, because of that, burnout is really – it's attached to anxiety and it's attached to frustration. Hence, we got the term Sunday scaries because a lot of us mm -hmm. are working in cultures or in positions. Or in that, roles or jobs. Right, that really give us anxiety or frustration and 
typically the work week starts on Monday, so we have Sunday scaries. Yeah, and so really our hope for you is that you really find out what you're passionate about and continue to create roles and get into roles and fulfill assignments that really energize you. Now, what's interesting, Lisa, is who can tell you what gives you energy? Only you can. Only you. And that's where a little bit I think we have to be careful about putting things on people and going, oh, hey, this is going to be easy for you or you can totally do this. But if it doesn't give you energy, like only you know that. And I think being able to communicate that is is super important. So here's kind of the issues that we kind of thought about Mm -hmm. maybe that it creates is one thing is fatigue. Mm-hmm. You just sort of this get is with tired. Um, when you don't have a balance work life a good work life balance right it's like you end up getting tired and really almost like simple decisions become exhausting and then you come into this whole idea of decision fatigue mm-hmm. where you're being asked to make decisions on things that really you're you don't have a lot of energy for it, yeah and and you have you get emotional fatigue. It's, it's, it's fatigue in multiple areas. It's decision fatigue. It's emotional fatigue. And it can also be physical fatigue. Yeah. And so I think sometimes these may be warning signs. Hey, I'm feeling fatigued. I'm feeling these feelings. And do I have to step back and look at my work-life balance, what that kind of looks like? Um, another one is losing track of time. And it kind of begins to feel like your entire life is just on the clock. It's like you're always working. And then almost like every day feels the same. Right. I get up, I work, and this can – There's even, not an ebb and flow of, yeah. of work and then relaxation. And it's that whole – the whole rubber band theory where, you know, your rubber band will stretch and you can stretch it and stretch it and stretch it. But if you keep stretching, it's going to break. But then if you let it kind of go back down, it will relax. And it, it's the same in our, with our muscles. Our muscles are only yeah. designed to be stretched and pulled so much. We can, we can run and, and – well, I mean, when you did your half marathon, this recent one, you you stretched your muscle. You pushed your muscles beyond their point of where they were prepared to stretch. Right, because I didn't train. Let's just tell the tr- tell the story, tell the truth. Dennis did not train for that half marathon. You, Den- Dennis wished he would have, but he didn't. You ran, but you didn't like train, train. <laughs> yes. And so and about mile but, seven, I felt it. And basically at that point, the rubber band tried to snap and it's because it wasn't that, that – ability that contraction and the relaxation to kind of go back and forth and and prepare yourself to be able to push again. Well, and I think that's sort of the dichotomy is that the key to expanding is contracting. Right. It's you contract so that you expand even more. And so sometimes when you're not expanding, sometimes you have to look back and go, am I contracting well? I always know, Lisa, when I do free days really well, is when I do free days really well is I'm coming back the last day of a free day and I'm excited to get back to work. I'm energized and I think, okay, I did a free to well. And listen, it could be just a one-day free day. It doesn't have to be a whole week or two weeks or an extended time. It can be just, you know, one day. And I go, okay, I really feel energized to come back. And that's also part of this when we know that our work life is unbalanced is our relationships suffer. Yeah. Because on free days, that's typically when we interact with our non-colleagues, right. our friends or our family. And when you don't take the time, then those relationships begin to suffer. And you really end up with this fulfilling life if you do work-life balance well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, another thing that happens is declining health habits. Yes. Big. Uh, big how many How many times have I been working? I'm on my computer and I realize, oh my gosh, I have not eaten or I haven't been hydrating. Yeah. And I'm thinking, shoot, when was the last time I had something 
that was fueling my body to well, eat. Well, even for me, I mean, exercise lacks sometimes. Yeah, for it, me too. It, and, there, and there's many times I, I remember coming to you many times and saying, oh my gosh, I'm just so stressed. I just don't have to. And you go, hey, you, this is the time you need to go for a run. And in my brain, I think I don't have time to go for a run. Yeah. And it's like when I think I don't have time to exercise – that's exactly when I have to exercise. It's almost like when I feel like I don't have time to exercise and I feel that burnout coming on and I feel burned out, then I have to step back and go, that's when I absolutely have to exercise. Yeah. And then also when, you know, when you have a unbalanced work life um, in your in your day-to-day, you're not getting good sleep. You're right. Because it could be a couple different things. One yeah. could be your brain is just flying and going and you can't shut it down to be able to relax, to go to sleep. Yeah. Or sometimes for me, and I'm I'm really bad about this, when you go out of town, yeah. I I mean, I'll- you, you don't do well. You don't sleep well when I go out of town. Well, <laughs> I, when I get in bed, I sleep well because the bed doesn't You just don't go to bed when I'm, when I'm in I town. I just don't go I'll to bed. Down. I'll get in front of my computer and I'll just get on a roll and it'll be 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And I'm, I'm just in the middle of researching or studying or- going through Slack and I'm like, oh, yes, this feels so good. I'm getting things done and knocking it off my list. And then, you know, you're not home to be like, hey, let's go to bed. And I'm thinking I'm on a roll. And then I suffer. I might be able to make it through the next day because, you know, you can do that for a day or two. But after several days, it I mean, I'm just not as nice of a person. Yeah. Well, so and then another one is missing life moments. Yeah. And how many times do, you know, the major things in life, yeah. it, you know, like our daughter's going to graduate grad school. And so it's in the calendar and it's in May. And it is and, blocked off. And it is blocked off. And I'm not going to miss it. And even if an event comes, Dennis is not going to be the one to do the event. And so just taking some of those life moments and really, you know, scheduling and putting boundaries around them. And I think that's the key a little bit is that the key to freedom is boundaries, mm-hmm. which really is a – it's a it doesn't make sense, but really boundaries are what create freedom. Yeah, absolutely. And so this whole idea about work life balance it's it's kind of a boundary conversation a little bit. What that looks like for you, um, and it's awareness also. Yeah, it's an awareness conversation yeah. because if you're not aware, you can't set your boundaries. Yeah. So th- when you're able to obtain work life balance, Lisa, what are some of the perks? You, some of the you perks. Came up some perks. I thought these were great. Some of the perks. Okay. The first one is just feeling happy. You are so much less stressed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> your mental clarity, your mental acuity, it goes up and. Yeah. It just is this feeling of lightness and a feeling of happy. Yeah. And so if you're not feeling happy, maybe step back. Another one is strong relationships. Mm-hmm. You're able to prioritize family and friends. Yeah. And, you know, prior. what the interesting thing about priority, right, is that really there's only one priority. I know we say priorities, but really even in priorities, there's a priority. Mm-hmm. And so not everything can be a priority. And that's that's sometimes I think with people with high ambition, we think like, you know, it's everything's a priority. And that's not really true. Yeah. So you really get these strong relationships. Yeah. Another perk of a great work-life balance is greater productivity. I, I mean, love th- I love this one. I so love it. it's such a uh, 
It just doesn't seem to make sense. You have this great work-life balance and you're relaxing and you're having fun, but yet you're getting more done and you're more productive in your work hours. Well, how does that work if you're working less? Well, it could be because you're just working with more mental acuity. It could be that you're working with less stress or you're more rested um, and you're able to focus more. Well, and I think at the core, Lisa, is that work-life balance is more about energy management than time management. And I, and I think that's the thing that we want people to kind of realize is that when you say work-life balance, we're not necessarily talking about time management, but we're really talking about energy management. And we're going to really get into that in uh, – this is a series of four podcasts and we'll get into – kind of some of these concepts in the next couple of podcasts right. coming up and the and energy management and as opposed to time management and boundaries yep. and and what it all means. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another perk, physically feeling healthy. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And it, it, it takes time. You have to devote time. You have to devote energy. You have to devote attention, right? Because whatever you give attention to always gets better. And I think that, you know, I was just talking to uh, – one of our one of our clients that's in the round table and there was a certain piece of his business that he wasn't giving attention to and he's had to dive back in right. and actually go back into shipping where you know he's been out of shipping for two or three years but the fact that he's diving back in and giving attention to it it's automatically improving and so you know you can't give your attention to everything and so it really is about kind of managing that attention. Yeah. And so we feel better physically yeah. because we focus on our nutrition, because we focus on our sleep. Yep. We focus on those things that that make us perform better. And, yeah. and we focus on how our body was created and paying attention to running at peak. Yeah, that's really good. And then another one is personal and spiritual growth. And that's just free time just allows you to spend more quality time with yourself. Well, and really become better. I I, I know one thing we've talked about, one of my ideas this year is that I'm going to be in three books at all times. You know, I'm going to be in a personal development book, and then I'm going to be in a professional development book that's more business. Right. And then I want to, I want to be in a spiritual book. Mm-hmm. It's something that's developing that spiritual side of me and kind of looking at my life as like a little bit more well-rounded. Mm-hmm. And so almost like kind of focusing on who who I want to become. Right. Uh, some of the main difficulties in achieving work-life balance is kind of dive into these. Yeah, right? this, is, this is just a real quick overview. We'll dive in deeper, yep. but go for it. Yeah, and so one of the challenges is excessive workload and unrealistic job demands. Yeah. Right. It's like when you have all of these things put on you and sometimes it's like, you know, Lisa, all the messes in my life tend to be obligations without commitments. Mm -hmm. And when you think about sometimes like these are obligations and I think you got to we all have to step back and go, okay, am I really supposed to be doing this? And, you know, or am I just trying to, you know meet somebody else's need and you, only you can answer that. But. Right. And sometimes these these overcommitments, this excessive workload, it can be because of what your company is expecting of you, but it can also be kind of what you voluntarily <laughs> stepped into. And it's it's a little bit of both and evaluating and that's part of the awareness is evaluating is this a result of the decisions I've made or is this a result of the decisions that my higher up has made and do I need to have a conversation? Yeah, and, and we just want to encourage you, listen, you create your life. 
And the good news about that, like you might not like your life today, but you create your life. And, and the you have the power to make it better. You can recreate it. And that's yeah. that's the deal, right? Take that power back. So excessive workload. Another one is difficulty disconnecting from work during personal time. It's like always on your mind. And, and I think the key to really delegation, and we'll kind of get into this in other podcasts, but it's really delegating mentally. Mm-hmm. We can delegate physically, but are we delegating these things mentally? And that's kind of a warning sign. That's yeah. a that's a red light saying, hey, maybe my work life is off because I am having my personal time and I've got all of these work thoughts going through my brain. And it's like, wait a minute, that that's a red flag right yeah. there. Yeah. Another one, Lisa, is lack of support. And we just got to talk about this. There's a lack of support from supervisors and sometimes even the organizational culture. Right. And I think we have to step back because really culture is this collection of thoughts and feelings and beliefs. Right. So really stepping back and understanding the culture you're in and then knowing your own beliefs and do these things align. And our encouragement is like if it doesn't align, then maybe look to transition to another organization. Or have a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, these are real things and we'll kind of dive a little bit more into culture um, as we get on. And then really another difficulty is the need for flexible flexibility in work hours and, and remote options. Right. Now, these are all things that make having a work-life balance difficult. Yeah. And there was something that came out in the news just recently. Okay, so tell it. Tell us And story. it kind of made, it made big news. And it was this story about Kite Baby. Now, Kite okay. Baby is a... Um, a female-owned business, a woman-owned business. Okay. And it started out pretty small, just yeah. it's children's clothing. Okay. And it's, it was started out because I believe it was her daughter, just the clothing she was wearing just kind of bothered her, itchy. Yeah. And so she created these these clothing pieces that were made out of bamboo, much natural, better for your skin. And it's supposed to be a really family-friendly, parent-mother-friendly company, right? Yeah. Well, the difficulties for work-life balance, such things as lack of support from supervisors and organizational culture, really came out here. And also the need for flexibility in work and maybe remote options. Because one of the employees, um, they adopted a baby. Okay. And the baby was premature. So it was in the NICU. Yeah. Um, I think the baby was like 22 weeks old. Okay. Well, this employee wanted to be responsible, wanted to continue to be able to keep her position, yeah. obviously yeah. probably needing the income, right. but also needed to fulfill the responsibilities of new parenthood and being mm-hmm. with their their boy yeah. while he was in the NICU. Right. And um, my, my sister's a NICU nurse, and just hearing some of the stories yeah. of what people go through with newborns and being in, in the NICU, that's just, it's really heart-wrenching. Yeah. So... This parent reached out and said, hey, my baby's, my newly adopted baby is in the NICU. Yeah. So it wasn't a personal, like, post, um, post-birth post type of a situation. Right, right. It was an adoption. Yep. And she said, my baby's in the NICU. Mm-hmm. Um, could I remote work? So that would allow me to be at the NICU yep. with my baby while, yeah. while my baby is struggling for his life. Right. And the CEO and founder. Yeah basically said no and she got fired. Oh my gosh. And it hit big news. And actually made the because, news. And because because this company is supposed to be very um, family friendly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, yeah. we're pregnant and I'm happy, of course, because I work at Kite Baby or yeah. we are, wow. um, you know, 
ah, bring your kids to work today. Of course, because I work at Kite Baby. And this lady got fired over okay. it. Wow. Well, so then the CEO had to get on national. I mean, she got on, I think it was first on TikTok and issued an apology. Well, apparently that apology didn't go very well. Okay. Um, she has, she obviously didn't have a PR person look over this. Yeah. And so then she goes through and she has to apologize again. And this time wow. it comes across more heartfelt. But this made completely national news. And talk about yeah. the potential to completely destroy your reputation as a company and you destroy yeah. your reputation as an individual simply because either A, there truly wasn't support, and I'm not sure the we, what we, was we actually the going right. on. The either there story. truly wasn't support, and then realized this made national news, and oh shoot, we made a really big mistake for our company, or yeah. not realizing that this was actually a need for flexibility, and it Gosh. wasn't actually a need for remote yep. options in yeah. this situation. It was a very valid, yeah, and um, yeah, so. That kind of stuff makes it yeah. super difficult to have a work-life balance. Well, and I, and I think as leaders, and we just want to encourage leaders to really look at your culture. And I think a great question sometimes leaders can ask is, are my people really happy? Because happiness is such a driver. And if we have happy team members, uh, we have a very successful business. And so stepping back and, right, because profit makes people happy, right? Money, right? Having a job makes people happy. And, you know, do I have happy people? And balance plays a big part into that. It does. And oftentimes when a request comes across our yeah. desk, that's a really good that's a good time for us to sit down and say, okay, let me get a little bit more information. This this yeah. employee wants to be able to remote work. They've got a, a child in the hospital. Maybe that's all she knew. But it's being it's taking the time, not being so quick on decisions that we don't take the time to dive into what's actually going on here and care about the individual and the yeah. human that's involved rather than just maybe the top line revenue or checking the boxes. Well, and I think as leaders, if we can keep things results focused and sometimes like the how, it to me, it's always up for debate. But as long as the results are happening, um, the how is kind of up for debate. And there are some positions, right, that you can work when you want to work as long as mm -hmm. this deadline and these expectations are met. Some of that how, leave it up to the individual. And that's what really what creates this whole idea of self-directed work teams. Right. So, Lisa, what are some of the, you know, challenges when people try to achieve this? Challenges when people try to wor achieve work-life balance, yeah. a good work-life balance. Right. The first one is the difficulty in saying no. Sometimes you're approached and no. sometimes, no. sometimes no. things are flying so quickly that you don't yeah. even have time to think about them. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to just dive right in. But if you have a difficulty in saying no, a good little hack yeah. is to hit the pause button. Just make it a rule before you say yes or no or maybe to anything. Just give a 24-hour wait time. Yeah. Well, and Lisa, I think because I've been guilty of this and I think I've realized that, you know, I don't always have to have an answer right then. And sometimes you need the time to be able yeah. to reflect and decide, is this really what's right for me? Does this fit? Mm -hmm. Am I even the right person to do this? Or was I just the warm body that happened to be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another one is uh, fear of missing out, right? Mm -hmm. This whole FOMO. Like I have all of these work opportunities. I, I know I've dealt with this, right? How many engagements or, uh, you know, there's a certain event and we've been trying to get this event for years and it finally opened up and we're going to go and bring our team and speak at this event. And 
something else is already on the books or we have a family obligation and really stepping back and, you know, really this is a real thing to deal with. Is. is this whole fear of missing out. So kind of the hack is, and it, you, you, truthfully, you came up with this. I, I love this. I actually read it somewhere. Okay, so, so but, but it's really your idea, not Dennis's idea, is it's a FOMO fun. Right, because missing out is real, but the fear of missing out is when it it's taken too far because you do want to be available for those um, job opportunities. You do yeah. want to be available. I mean, obviously, we all want to look good. Yep. Before our higher ups, we don't want to present with a lazy or bad face. Yeah, and so Lisa, this is when you add money. When you feel the urge to kind of give into something extra for work, you just create a fund and just add money to it, and then you have this. That's when when you say no. When, when you say you're no, like, no, I'm not going to do it. Right. So, or even when you give that little pause mm-hmm. and. Yeah, and just throw some money in a fund and then go do something fun with this fund or try to get the fund up to a couple hundred, I, I don't, right? There's a lot of ways to play this game, but I think it's a great hack. And I, and I kind of look at hacks as games. It's, okay, what's the game I'm going to play? And that kind of keeps it fun for me because I'm motivated by having fun. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, another another challenge um, to be able yeah. to achieve work-life balance would be feeling guilty over prioritizing ourselves. Hey, this is a big thing. In I, our culture, yeah. it is. Our culture emphasizes productivity and just blowing and going. And those are the people that you see on the pedestals. And yeah. a lot of times we feel guilt over maybe prioritizing ourselves. And so an action step would be to commit an hour or two a -hmm. week just for self-care, just to to do something that revitalizes you and brings you joy that has nothing to do with work. And because we're not always good about doing this, find find a kind of an accountability partner, find a self-care partner that they're going to do it too. Or even that when you are like, hey, I'm going to spend two hours, I don't know, riding my bike on the trail, yeah. you can you can text your, your accountability partner and say, this is what I did. And just because then when someone else knows it and you know that someone else is going to be waiting for you mm-hmm. to let them know, you kind of hold yourself accountable a little bit better. Well, and I think the key, Lisa, is getting it getting it out into the open mm-hmm. and just I know you and I've had these conversations where I've said well I kind of feel guilty taking this time yeah and the fact that I was able to get it out the, the shame just started to leave mm-hmm. and you know many times just you know talking to other people helps gives ourselves permission yeah which is really what we need and then the the last challenge and this is the big one especially like if you're in the American culture we know people from all over the world you know watch and listen to the podcast but especially the American culture it's this addiction to being busy and we kind of wear it as like a badge of honor and we right. kind of equate busyness to productivity and and the reality is is that you know you don't have to be busy mm-hmm. you just have to be productive and they're not too you know, they're not one of the same things. And so you had a good action step that you kind of gave me a hack for is, you know, to ask yourself, what are you afraid of would happen if you stop being busy? Mm-hmm. And really kind of cuts to the to the core issue, which is some kind of fear, anxiety, worry that if I stop being busy or, you know, what do you get out of being busy? It, you know, right. and I know for me, it's like busyness just creates this. When I feel busy, it just and I talk about it, it creates more and more anxiety and more and more worry. So uh, another hack that I've come up with is I've just stopped talking about being busy. You know, in fact, you know, 
I never tell people I'm busy. I know I'm productive. My schedule is full. I'm very prioritized. But I don't feel this sense of busy, which kind of connotates like an overwhelm. And then at the more you talk about it, right, the, the more it gets bigger and bigger. Right. You use that term busy or the lack of utilizing the term busy to try to help slow you down, whereas other people maybe have different terminology yep. that they use. And But it, a lot, all of that is is that is self-evaluation, it's yeah. self-awareness and figuring out, okay, where do I actually stand on that? This, what do I think about it? And how is it affecting my life? Yeah. And, and Lisa, we, we didn't want to leave people alone. So, you know, just with this information. So what we have is we have the ideal life, your ideal life, which is actually a personal constraints analysis and really take a diagnostic on six core areas of your life that deal not just with your career, but finances and your relationships mm-hmm. and your family and your health and kind of look at this whole diagnostic. So it's yours. We're going to give free. it to you. There's it's no cost, just, you know. Click the button and download it. Yeah. And you can use it because this awareness and this self-evaluation is super important. And this is just a tool that you can use to figure out, okay, how am I on my work-life balance? What are my constraints in this area? Um, what is my – what do I even want my ideal life to be? What What do I want my life to be? And this is just a little tool for you to kind of help figure it out. Yep. So, Lisa, what um, what was your big takeaway from from today, well, like what, kind of what's going through my head is, and maybe it's just because the last thing I talked about is this whole idea of not wearing busy as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. And you know, when people say, "Hey, are you working hard?" I, I feel like I'm not working hard. I'm kind of working easy. I'm working, but there's an ease and a lightness to it. And so not sort of talking about hard work or busy, but just changing some of the vocabulary and just watching what it does on the inside to me. So for me, my big takeaway is the whole concept of burnout. And mm-hmm. and I had loved it's – a, it's a whole podcast on burnout oh, yeah. on the Working Genius podcast. Yeah. And the concept that burnout is not necessarily because you're doing too much work mm-hmm. or because you're too busy – it's possibly because you're working in areas that are maybe your proficiencies or maybe they're areas that frustrate you and they're not actually areas that give you joy because you could spend hours and hours on things that just you're super passionate about yeah. and have more energy and you could spend an hour or two on something that is just frustrating to you or you're competent at but it's draining and walk away feeling like you're just toast. I mean, you can't do anymore and you are in that fatigue zone. Yeah. So awesome. Listen, this has been great. Um, Download Your Ideal Life Personal Constraints Analysis. It's our gift to you. And we'll see you next time on the Drama Free Living Podcast. Mm -hmm.